Keller, would you stand and make them welcome? Set apart for stressful times together, mother and daughter, Sister Ursham and Sister McKellar. Thank you, you may be seated. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. This is the scripture we, my husband, read after we heard the distressing news of our daughter. I didn't want to read this because I didn't want to take the time, but I couldn't. My memory won't let me do without my notes. So if you'll bear with me, I'll hurry. But my daughter wanted me to read this, and I want to for her sake. And I'll give you a little of the history. On June 12, 1985, the sun was shining. In Little Rock, Arkansas, when suddenly unexpected, a dark, ugly cloud appeared. The doctor and a nurse told my husband that our daughter Sharon was, had untreatable kidney cancer. The crust, crushing pronouncement was almost unbearable. The doctor said she had only three months to live, and if she lived beyond that time, there was no way she could live beyond six months. Believe me, I felt the whole world falling on my shoulders. This announcement came as a shock to her pastor, husband Carl McKellar, her and her immediate family of four lovely children, as well as to our total family. Sharon, my firstborn, had been a healthy girl all her life until that moment. In fact, the Lord has always been so good to our children. All four of them were brought up in Calvary, Christ Calvary Tabernacle. From early years, they had enjoyed the Calvary Christian School, which was a great instrument in forming Christian character in each of them. It was those years that each of them were baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. Sharon, in her early teen years, learned how to pray and lean on God. She married a precious young preacher, Carl McKellar, from the state of Louisiana, who was a member of the First Pentecostal Church in Alexandria. His beloved pastor and wife were Brother Gerald and Sister Vesta Lane Mangan. Carl and Sharon pastored in Terre Haute, Indiana, South Bend, Indiana, and now in Little Rock, Arkansas. During these years of pastoral oversight, both Brother and Sister McKellar have put their hearts deeply into the work of the Lord, and the Lord has blessed their efforts. Anyone that pastors a church has times of stress and has to learn through these times the necessity of leaning upon the Lord. And the years have taught Sharon the value of turning heavy burdens into the hands of her Savior. Then came the heavy burden of this unexpected distress. Her thoughts and my thoughts were immediately about her four precious children. Her wish was that she could live to see them raised and able to care for themselves. As her mother, my first 
reaction was her precious children and her fine husband. And I was wishing it was me instead of her. And I know all you mothers would feel the same way. Somehow into all this confusion of heaviness of heart came the peace of Almighty God. We called Sharon to tell her about the peace we felt over her illness. And she said that was strange because just a few minutes earlier, that same peace came over her. And Ruby and Don McKellar were in her room and they were singing peace in Jesus in a troubled world today. And the power of God came down. It was such a comfort to all of them. Sharon and her husband in a very private, personal time of thought and concern decided that they would live each day to the fullest and make every moment count for the Lord, that they would love each other and love their family, work hard for the spiritual family of the church, and make each day something special unto the Lord. In Sharon's own expression, she told me that it's so strange that when you are set aside for stressful moments, that much of the world and its attractions and the areas of material possessions becomes so insignificant and they hardly mean anything. The value of stress is a valuable force to make you see the things of spiritual and heavenly values in a clear light. What has been the most rewarding to all of us in the family has been the warm, thoughtful expressions of love and care that have come from the body of Christ, God's family. We were convinced that at this time of ten and a half months since the pronounced verdict of death that the Lord God has beautifully strengthened Sharon's faith and given her a beautiful grasp on spiritual values. This could not have happened without the combined continual prayers of their own church in Little Rock and the numerous people who have constantly assured them they are holding on to God in deep and intercessory prayer in behalf of Sharon. How grateful we are to God and his people for sharing their deep concern for us in this time of struggle with stress. It is a lesson of great importance to all of us that we should share the burdens of each individual throughout the body of Christ. Finally, whatsoever comes to pass in a lifetime of experience, when we do what we can to bring healing and help to the struggling people who are pressured by times of stress, we can always say when the victory has come or if there are other experiences to encounter, we have done what he asked us to do. We ask in his name, and because we did, may his will be done. Brother Davis wrote a beautiful song on behalf of Sharon. Uh, the title was, You Alone Know What Tomorrow May Bring. And I love to sing that song. Sister Ruby sings it also. And one of Sharon's dear friends and our friends of our family, 
in one of her darkest hours, came to visit her, Steve Richardson, and penned the words of this song, I Can, I can Touch Him. Sarah and I are going to sing it for you today. Desperately she pressed her way to the cross. They were crushing her now. They were crying alone. But she didn't care. It was her issue of life she could no longer cope if she'd ever be healed if she'd ever be whole then he was the one and she knew in her soul she had to touch him. I can touch him. He is near within my reach. I can touch him. Oh, I feel a virtue blow. Thank you. 
Thank you. 
you can, you may be seated. You'll just have to forgive me, but I'm just full to the top. Church just isn't just church anymore. When I come to church, I really want something from God, and I put it all that I have into it. It's not just the thing to do. It's just not an everyday thing that we just feel like we have to do because Mom taught us to, but it means something. When we come every time we meet, every time we walk through those doors, we've got to have something. And I would have been here even if Sister Penny hadn't asked me to say anything. I was coming. I remember a year ago I sat out here. Didn't know a thing was wrong with me. I soaked in all the beautiful things that I heard in the presence of God, and two months later found out I only had a few months to live. And I thought, God, I'll n I won't get to go back to that women's conference ever again. And I thought, I, it just, it really terrified me. And I thought, please, Lord, let me go one more time. Let me be with those ladies one more time. And here I am, by the mercy of God. Oh, I praise him, I praise him, I praise him. I know you ladies have got all kinds of things in your life. You've got sicknesses, you've got troubles. I know I'm not the only one. I know that. But for some reason, the Lord has chosen and set me aside. And it hasn't been too long ago. I said this. I told this to the ladies at the general conference. A few, it's probably been a couple years ago. I was praying and I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, I need you to give me a little more compassion for the people that I work with. I need to feel the things that they go through so that I can reach for them. I wanted to I wanted to be in their lives. And I asked him, I said, Lord, let me let me just I don't know what you'll have to do to me, but I want more compassion so that I'll know what those people are going through. Well lo well, lo and behold, what does he do? He really set me aside. But that's okay, because I know now, I know how to take care of those people. I know what people are going through now, and whatever he wants to do, that's all right with me. I'm in his care, I'm, and I know he has it all under control, so that's all right with me. Psalms 4 and 3, the Lord has set apart the redeemed for himself. Therefore, he will listen to me and answer when I call. Oh, I tell you, when I, when I know that I can call on him, I, everything's all right. God has set us apart, ladies. And it may not be your time. It may not be a stressful time for you now. But tomorrow could be your time. You never know when God's going to do his thing in your life. But let me tell you something. Take it gracefully. Be a lady about it. Keep your composure. There's six things in our lives that we must 
get out. We must not entertain. We must not let in our lives. And that's negative thinking, negative actions, negative reactions. No matter what happens to you, don't be negative about it. And we've got to end defeatism. We've got to get de despondency out of our lives. We're not the people of despondency. And we must end being influenced by little people with little minds. And your attitude is what will either break you or make you. You have got to have a good attitude, no matter what the Lord puts you through. The day I left the hospital with, a medical, with no medical hope or help, the doctor turned and said, Sharon, your attitude will make the difference in this situation. And that is so true. And he has watched that. That doctor has watched my attitude and the family of my attitude the attitude of my family. I think we can, uh, I can speak for my whole family. If our attitudes had been naked, I would not be standing here today. We completely bound ourselves together and decided that we were going to think the very best and whatever God had for us was going to fit. An optimist, as you probably know, is a person who, when he wears out his shoes, just figure he's back on his feet. Isn't that good? I love the way Robert Schuller puts it. He differentiates between the optimist and the pessimist. The pessimist says, I believe it. I'll believe it when I see it. The optimist says, I'll see it when I believe it. And the optimist takes action, but the pessimist takes the top seat. <laughs> Every one of us, we must bear our burdens. And it is a fine thing to know and to see anyone that is trying to do this manfully and womanfully. Or should I say in this congregation today, ladylike. Ladies, carry your cross bravely. Carry it silently. Carry it patiently. And in a way that others will say, truly she is a woman that walks with the Lord. She is one of God's children. And that is one of the highest compliments you ladies can ever receive. I know you work on your looks. You work on that beautiful hair. You work on those clothes. But if someone can say you are a godly woman, you have received the highest compliment you can receive. In this day and age, you have received it. Matthew 14, 27, be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. And in stressful times, we can be this. We can be cheerful. And that's one thing we have done around my house. And I'm so thankful for my family that has really promoted this. Um, I thought I might say a few things about 
how to conduct yourself in the things that we do. I have never had a sick day in my life. I've always put off the, the uh, going to the doctor and seeing everything was all right. I put my time onto the children to make sure they were all right. But uh, I never was sick, so I didn't know how to really even ask. But uh, I want you to know that times that I have, my dark times that I've had, I have always tried to come out with a cheerful attitude. We must keep our lives very cheerful. The doctor says, I will not live, but the Word of God says, I want you to live, you will live, I'm going to give you life, and on and on it goes. So what we do, we sing the word, we pray the word, we talk the word, we just, the word is the thing in our lives. And if you ever come to this crossroads, take my advice, put the word back in your work life. I, I try to keep my home very open and with a cheerful feeling in it. When, you know, when I go visit the sick, I, I, wanted, I always wanted to bring cheer to them. I didn't want to walk in and act like I was coming to see a sick person. So I always, you know, try to act funny in my dumb way. But I, you know, I just, I wanted to bring cheer. But when, I, when you come to see me and the people that have, I didn't want them to walk in my home and feel sickness. I really didn't. I don't know if that's just pride or what it is, but I didn't want you to feel that I was sick. And uh, if you are going through something like this and you have days of trouble, I know you don't feel like it sometimes, but you need to keep your home real good and cheerful and open up your drapes. If the weather permits, open up the windows and blow out that smell. I have tennis shoe smell in my house. We got to blow it out every now and then. But uh, I, even, even your plants, they even cry out for the fresh air to come through. So keep your home very bright and cheerful. Get you some fresh flowers, even if you have to go pick them somewhere. Go out and put fresh flowers in your home. When people come to see, oh, they just, I had several people say, good night, it's just, it's just a joy to come. And that's just the way I wanted it. Because I, the devil's a liar, and he's not going to get me, and he's not going to get me down. He's a liar. And don't forget to go by the church and cry out your soul. Cry it out. That's got to be the number one thing in your life. And I said, go by the church. Go on, get, go to the church. Don't stay at home and try to do it because you'll never get it done. I'm, now remember, I'm still talking about stressful times. Be, being set apart in stressful times. These are the things I'm, I'm do, that I'm doing right now in my life. I'm still trying to be cheerful. And if you have done all these things and you happen to stop by the store or the mall and we happen to run into you, we will run into a real 
cheerful Christian. That's right. I have run into so many Pentecostal people and they have the drabest, most pitiful look on their face that they wouldn't talk, they wouldn't say anything to me. They were afraid, you know. They didn't want anybody to know they knew me either. It's really sad. I'm telling you, ladies. Pick yourself up. Get the gloom out of your lives. We're serving a we're serving a great Lord. Like Sister Tenny says, we're the kings of the daughters. I mean, we're daughters of the king. <laughs> and there's nothing more higher than that. That's right. When the hard times hit, and the big thing, the big thing and the commodity is patience. Oh, ladies, I've had to take and learn patience. God has really knocked me down with that. But always with the belief that God's plan is a good working plan and faith can do wonders today as he has always done in days gone by. His plan is the best plan. Now, it may not just go along with your things that you have going for you, but God's plan and God's way is the best way. I'm reminded of the sunflower. It's not the most beautiful plant that you can have or the most beautiful flower, but have you ever noticed how it, it, it searches for the light and it turns its little head up towards the, the sun? And it follows the sun as it goes, and it opens up. And I just, I thought to, the other day, I thought, you know, that's the way we are. God is looking for our faces. He's looking for your beautiful face to turn towards him in your time of stressful. And he needs you, lady. He needs you, and we need to follow him in his way. Your days of burdens will become so much lighter. The light of his glory and presence will open your life up like the petals of the sunflower. They will. God will do wonders for you. In the song, I'm reminded of the song, It's All in the Name of Jesus. It says, warmth and sunshine, friendship true. It's all in the name of Jesus. Hope for tomorrow and help for today. It's all in the name of Jesus. Cheerfulness means courage. And the habitually cheerful man is thinking about his work. And he's thinking about other people. And he's not thinking all the time about himself, but he's open to other people. He's giving himself to other people. God wants us to do that. And he'll do anything to get us to that place. We are people that he has got to use. And I tell you, ladies, God is not through with me yet. There's more things in store, and I know that. I don't know what I will have to go through, but I know there's things ahead of me. I am scheduled to go into 
Chicago the 28th of this month are treatments that have never been used before. I am number three in Chicago, number 43 in the nation. So that tells you how new this treatment is, and they are still experimenting. But I wanted to tell you that because you folks have taken me to the throne, and I want you to take me again to the throne. It will be a three-week time of treatment, and I need the prayers of God's people. You must bombard heaven for me one more time. Ask God to be with me. They say that the side effects are very uncomfortable. But you know, the doctor has told me I'm going to, that I have going to do, been going to do other, have other side effects, and I haven't had them. So I'm trusting God to take me through this. And I believe with all of my heart he's brought me to this, this far and I know he's going to take me the rest of the way. I have served him all of my life. I've given him my, my everything that I have I've given to God. And I wanted in this because it was laid before me as a young girl through my mother and father. And in our home, they made the work of God look so great and so wonderful. I really wanted to be in it. But I tell you, there's nothing more rewarding than to live for God and to work for Him. Don't let anybody else tell you anything different. People are trying new things and new ways, but I'll take the sweet old sweet walk with God that has always been what God has wanted for his people. I love him today. I worship him today. I think he's the greatest God. I think he's mighty. He's the one that is the only one, and I love him with all of my heart. And if you're in trouble today, I say worship him, praise him, thank him for the trouble, and live for him as close as you possibly can. Once again, thank you for your prayers, and please, one more time, ask God to go with me this next step. through this, as Paul said, our dear beloved 
superintendent and his wife have, beside all of these stresses, they have the care of the churches. I have carefully, carefully observed them. Brother Urshan carried right on with business as though nothing was happening in his own family. Sister Urshan has been by his side. It is a perfect example of the courageous strength that comes from God. If you want to just wallow in your misery, you're not going to get anything anyway. You may as well be strong and go forward with the Lord. Sharon has kept right on beside her husband laboring in the church right while this was going on. Now, I feel it is time. Psalms 119, verse 126 says, It is time for you to work, O Lord. Now, we have lifted you up. There is even fasting and praying going on at this moment. Sister Sophia told me that her whole family, down to her youngest child, is fasting today. I have had reports there will be a prayer meeting for this meeting of 150 people taking place in a church that could not come. Much prayer, much fasting. Now it is time for you to work, Lord. It is time. Our eyes look only to you, Lord. Everybody that has a deep need. Now I'm not talking about just some little ailment, but I'm talking about a deep need. I understand Pam Queen is here. I want you to come to the front. I'm talking about people that have serious, serious things that if God does not undertake, there is no hope for them. Bring them to the front. We're going to pray for them. Sister Freeman, Sister Mangan, Sister Pasley, all of you dear ladies, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for Sharon. We're going to pray for Sister Urshan. And before we pray, you listen to me. Sister O'Brien, are you here? Come along. Beautiful. I want you to reach out to, to pray for him about it. Pray for emotional healing. 